Welcome to The Privy. I am Courtney, and we are here celebrating our 50th episode. Um, First time ever outside of New York. Um, We are in Portland, Oregon, which has the second highest percentage of LGBTQ people in the nation behind San Francisco, which I thought was absolutely fascinating. Here with me today, I have William Moreski. Did I say it right? Yeah. Uh, sounds wrong every time I say it. You say it. Moreski. So you say Moreski. I say Moreski. Anyway, Moreski um, and Johnny Sibili. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm so nervous when I say people's name for the first time or second or third time. How are you guys today? Great. Good. Now, tell me a little bit about yourselves, each of you. Either one can go. Okay. <laughs> I'll go first. Um I'm Johnny Sibley. I'm an actor. Okay. Um, I am originally from Miami, Florida, and I moved to New York about seven years ago, spent six years in New York, and now I live in Los Angeles and travel uh, to see Will whenever I can. They are a couple guys. That's You got that in there? Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I am from Northern California. I grew up, went to college there, and then lived abroad for three years. Um, and then moved to Portland seven years ago for work. Um, first working for a, a biotech company and now work for Nike. Cool. What yeah. do you do for Nike? I'm a project manager for running footwear. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. Free shoes. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> now, how did you guys meet? We met um, at brunch in New York City on a Sunday morning. Yeah. And it's funny because I had just gotten back from Kenya the night before, so I was like super jet lag. I went to brunch thinking I was going to meet two friends that I already knew. Mm-hmm. And I showed up and he was there and another person was there. And I was just like, oh, God, I've like, <laughs> I need a haircut, like all these different <laughs> things. And yeah, it was it was not the place. I was not in the headspace to meet like a man. You know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah, yeah it was definitely um, just luck, I guess. Yeah, it was very funny first meeting because I was... It was not really a date that I was on, but I was kind of on a date. This this guy, a friend of ours, had asked me, who I only knew from Instagram, had asked me to brunch on a Sunday morning with a group of his friends. Mm-hmm. So I was like, cool, great. Like, I'm in New York, like, meeting new people. Mm-hmm. And then Johnny shows up as one of the friends. Um, and it was all just kind of awkward because I had never met anyone in that group before mm-hmm. um, prior to the brunch. And then... As the story goes, Johnny... Uh-oh. No, what is the story? I want to hear the stories they look at each other and laugh. Johnny, uh, like, sat across from me at first and then felt like he should probably sit next to me. Mm-hmm. So he left that side of the table, leaving that side of the table completely open. Mm-hmm. So there was three of us on one side of the table. <laughs> well, because when I, when I saw him, I thought he was with the guy that had invited him to brunch because the guy was kind of like all up on him and I was mm-hmm. like oh that's their tea like I'm gonna leave that to that and but like in my brain I'm like but I just want to be closer to him I know <laughs> I can't have him but I want to be closer to him you know what I mean like so I was just like do you mind if I sit next to you and he's like no not at all um, and that's just like the funny part of the story because even when we spoke online afterward because he messaged me I think a day or two later saying it was great to meet you or whatnot. And I was just like, oh, congrats to you and uh, your guy. And he's like, what? He's not my guy. I'm like, oh. I like how you slid that in there, too. Well, because, you know, I didn't want to get in trouble for talking to somebody else's man, yeah. you know, in the DMs. So <laughs> I said that as a, like, a, you know, a Surgeon General's warning. Um, yeah, but then it just blossomed from there, yeah. 
cool. How long ago was that? That was a year ago, about two weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. happy anniversary. <laughs> Look at y'all. <laughs> After your one-year mark. Yeah. What advice do you have to longevity in a um, relationship? We have always said from the very beginning that we make up our own rules. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so easy to like follow other people's rules or follow patterns that even you created in your own relationships mm-hmm. from, from the past. Mm-hmm. And from the very beginning, the relationship was unique because it was a commitment, Portland to New York, and we knew that going into it, mm-hmm. knowing that he's an actor and needs to probably be in New York or L.A., mm-hmm. and I have a career here that I love. So it was that commitment to being super honest from the very beginning and mm-hmm. then whatever rules that we make up, like those are ours and no one else can tell us that's right or wrong. Yeah, and also I think um, for me going into this, I living in New York City, you get tons of, uh, there's, you know, they always say there's more men. It's like, I feel like it's like a diner menu. There's tons on the menu, but the, it's like the options are not great. You know, and you go through all these date, dates that are terrible and you meet all these guys that don't want to settle down. So when I went into this, I was like, oh, he lives in Portland. There's no pressure here. Like, it probably is not going to work. Like, so I was just 100% authentically myself from day one. I wasn't, because, you know, sometimes you go on dates and you're like, I'm going to present my best self. Mm. And they won't find out about the crazy until three months <laughs> later. Whereas this, in this instance, I was like, oh, I'm going to let the crazy out now. Because one, there's nothing to lose. And two, then there won't be a, a something down the road that's like, oh, I didn't know you were doing all that, you yeah. know. So, um, so, yeah, there was, I think that's super important. I tell all my friends, I'm like, you know, they text me and they're like, oh, what do I say? I'm like, say what you want to say. Do what you want to do because if you don't do that now, you're never going to be able to be yourself. And then when you finally are yourself, they're like, that's not the person I knew. Right. And it's because you did, they didn't know, they didn't meet the actual person. They met this facade of like, let me put on my best jeans and let me, I'm like, show up in the date, like in a hoodie. You never, yeah. like, be you. So I was, that's what I did from the very beginning. And I think we, we talked about being vulnerable from the very beginning and like, don't judge each other, yeah. you know, cause we all come from different walks of life and whatnot. Yeah. So. I think too, there has to be in long, cause we get asked a lot about distance relationships yeah. and I think there just has to be an, a massive amount of trust. And I think that our kind of rule is like, or my, my kind of mentality is like, I'm going to trust you until I can't trust you anymore. Right. And like, all I've been able to do is trust him. And like, it doesn't mean we don't have hard conversations mm-hmm. because you have to communicate. Yeah. Um, cause it's all phone, text, FaceTime. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah, you just have to go into it, trusting a person and, and work it out. Yeah. And also a lot of people are like, when I, when we, when we first started dating, I was like, oh yeah, he lives in Portland and. You know, they're like, oh, that must be so hard. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I, I talked to a friend who has been in a long-distance relationship for more than four years. And he's like, yeah, sure, if you want to go into it thinking it's hard, it's going to be hard. It's all about the mentality. It's Or you could be like, oh, I'm going to see him next weekend. I can't wait. I'm working up to that. And that's just the way I am. Like, I'm always looking forward to the next thing. Not to say that I'm not living in the moment, but seeing him is always like, oh, I get to get ready and da-da-da-da-da. And, you know, so... I told people, like, yeah, sure, you could think, you could limit yourself, uh, especially in the world that we live in with Instagram and Facebook and FaceTime, and there's there's way to communicate with people that you never could have before. Also, before we were ever intimate with each other, I don't know if this is too much information, but we had to get to know each other over the phone and online. So 
usually a lot of people start dating and they rush into that, mm. you know, physical relationship. Yeah. Whereas we had to wait that out until we knew what each other wanted, who, where we were from, this, like all those things you don't find out because there's that like primal, like, oh, I want to, I want to go home with you, you mm-hmm. know, and then you stop learning about the person because you got, went to that place already. Yeah, it went, it went from like meeting on that Sunday in New York and then it, we started talking pretty uh, quickly after that and then it escalated into like phone calls and lots of texting and we didn't see each other until four or five weeks after that. So over the course of those four or five weeks, it was like truly like it was like a lot of dates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> getting to know each other. Yeah. So, What's the one thing you guys have learned about yourselves by being in this relationship that you didn't know prior? Mm, I think I learned that uh, I'm, I'm good in a relationship. Because uh, I think a lot of times when you're single, you're like, oh, I, I could not do that. Like, or you like see your, your friends that are in relationship like, oh, I, that's too much. Or like, you know, and I think... I, I work well with a partner and I think I work well when I can bounce ideas and like, you know, cause a lot of times before I met him, I used to like put all my feelings on Facebook and be like, da 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 and like not think before I said things or talk to my friends. And now I have this person that I can go to without judgment, you know, and that was really a, a scary thing in the beginning was that I was like, Oh, I'm going to say some stuff and he's going to be like, oh, gosh, you know, and there's never been that judgment. And I feel like that's what relationships should be. So I never thought I could be in, in a relationship that I felt uh, unjudged and, un, you know, and just uninhibited to be myself. I think for me, it, it sounds really cheesy, but like learning what it means to actually love someone. Um, I think that in past relationships, whether I just wasn't ready for that person or it just wasn't the right time. It was always you're looking for that person to make a mistake or for the for it just to end because I knew they were like that and I always thought they were like that. I thought they were jealous and they actually were and then you you find reasons to for it not to work and mm-hmm. I think with Johnny he's like he's always surprised me like whenever we've had arguments or disagreements like he always surprises me with how gracious he is with how he approaches it or understanding or listens or um, there's so many things where I'm like, wow, like that, I've never had that before. And maybe that's what love is for me. Mm. Yeah. I remember one time we had a disagreement and I mean, we rarely have disagreements. Like I think we got into something because we were both trying to be nice to the other person. Like mm. we were like not thinking about what we wanted because we're like, well, I thought you wanted this, but I thought you. So when we had that like little, you know, interaction and then I think we went to bed and the next morning I was like so scared. I'm like, oh, my God, we got into a fight. Like, is this the beginning of the end? And he sat down at the edge of the bed and he told me something that like one made me cry and two made me like really feel comfortable was that he's like, it doesn't matter if we fight, doesn't matter. I want to do all of these things with you, you know? And when someone says that to you, it's like, oh, I want to go through war. I want to do, I want to do it because I want to do it with you. And that was like, oh, wow. Like it made me so at ease because it was like, oh, we can have these disagreements and I don't need to be ready to like pick up the suitcase or like, you know, cause I think in the society that we live in, when it doesn't work, you move on. Mm. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of our parents come from a mindset of like, well, you got to make it work. And then there's finding that balance, obviously, when, you know, the work's not paying off or whatnot. But to hear that from from my partner was like, oh, OK, 
I won't I can worry about what the actual issue is rather than like I got to start thinking of plan B. Right. You know? No, earlier <clears throat> Johnny you said something about being authentic and um because it was Pride month I'm always very inspired and mm-hmm. and um eager to hear different um coming out stories. Mm-hmm. Can you guys share about like what your stories were like? Sure. Um I think for me my coming out story was very like it was definitely a work in progress so I never actually had like a coming out Mm. it was kind of like I tried coming out a couple times like Mm -hmm. I told my mom like I think the people in school are saying I'm gay I think they're right and she's like (laughs) no if they're saying that and you don't feel that you are and I'm like damn okay Uh, and then like I liked a boy I'm like I think I'm in love with a boy and she's like okay well you you don't know what love is I'm like damn so like I kept trying to come out until eventually it just it was just known um and then i think you know when i had my first boyfriend that made it a little easier like it's been a steady progress of understanding um you know i was talking to her yesterday for the first time about lgbt issues for 45 minutes because she asked not because i was like you need to know about this Mm. um so i always say like you know i get a lot of messages from young lgbt people that are like you know my family's not accepting that they're, they're really having a hard time i'm like we all have our own transition mm. when we come out you know and and sometimes families need time to process and time to understand because of their lived experience um but for me my coming out i've come out so many times there's been times in my life where i'm like okay i'm gay and then there's uh you know the gay friends that i had put me in a box and said you have to act this way you have to date this kind of person and then I got out of that box and I you know and I started doing uh, videos on Instagram with wigs and lipstick and that was a whole new birth of like creativity because I was scared that if I did that I wouldn't be wanted Um, so it's been a, a steady progress of just becoming the authentic self that I am today and that doesn't mean that today is the end like there will be more progress as we go so for my family and for me, it's definitely been a, a journey. And I grew up in a very um, conservative, Christian, evangelical uh, family and church. Um, so my coming out story is is really kind of this journey of figuring out who I was first and then over the years uh, being able to talk about it. So I didn't come out till I was 27. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the biggest thing for me was leaving. So I grew up and went to college in the same town that, that I was raised in. Um, and I, the first time I felt comfortable telling anyone was when I left. And so I went to grad school in England, um, and then I moved to Thailand after that. So leaving and kind of getting context and perspective on who I was and what I had learned in church growing up and then comparing that to what I believed and trying to separate those two things. And I think that was the biggest challenge for me is wh- what is something that I've been told versus what if, like what does Will actually believe in and wh- who do I think that I am, not who I'm told I should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that took me years to separate. Um, and then when I moved to Portland, was th- Portland was the first city that I was really kind of openly gay and living um, as an openly gay man. And then um, over the course of the few years following, I came out to my parents um, and they were super accepting and and kind of had that that disney movie answer of like we've always known we're just waiting for you to tell us but that for them to say that to me was so huge because of the way i grew up which was 
um, being gay was wrong. It was a sin. Mm -hmm. And they have kind of grown up with me. And we all actually left the church that we grew up in for lots of different reasons. But through that process, we all gained perspective. And it's amazing that we all landed on the same perspective in a very similar, like, time space. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have to wait for them to catch up. Mm -hmm. Um, My siblings were also very supportive as well. So um, it feels like a very long journey, but I feel like everything happened at the right time and as it should. Yeah, Yeah, it usually does. So being here in Portland, what is it like to be a gay man living in Portland, Oregon? Yeah, I mean, I think couple things one is I feel extremely accepted mm. I've said from the day day one I moved here I feel like it's one of the gayest cities I've ever really? been in mm-hmm. in terms of I feel like it's very like very very common to see young gay and lesbian couples holding hands in Safeway or Trader Joe's right. and I don't know if that's very common in other cities. I feel mm-hmm. like that happens in the gayborhood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but not everywhere. I've, I'm, like, privy to living in New York, so it's very normal for me. But, like, mm-hmm. I'm from North Carolina, so no, that's not no. common. Yeah. Yeah. Even sometimes in L.A., that's not that yeah. common. Even yeah. in yeah. Miami, it's not common. Yeah. You see it, you're like, oh, they're yeah. doing that. Okay. Yeah. Like, in L.A., you have WeHo. But yeah. then as soon as you exit WeHo, it's like, hmm, not mm. sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here, I feel like it's very much everywhere, which I felt was very unique to the city. Um, so there's, I feel felt very accepted. However, I felt it's I found it very challenging to date here, mm. um, and I don't know if it's just me or the kinds of people that tend to move to Portland um, or settle here. I think it, it has changed. I think in the last I've been here seven years, and mm-hmm. the amount that the city has picked up and kind of gotten a little bit from a small town to a medium medium town, mm-hmm. and I think that helps with like new people coming to Portland. Um, but I did find it challenging to date, and I I was very when I met Johnny, I was very focused on me and my career, and I mean classic story like I wasn't looking to date, and then yeah. I met Johnny, and then yeah. I was yeah yeah for so, the first time I wasn't looking to date because I was always looking to date. I'm like, <laughs> where is Mr. Right? Where is he? And the, for the first time, I wasn't. I was I was just tired. I yeah. was tired. New York City will run you down. Down. Because <laughs> like I said with the with the earlier description about the diners like there's so many options but the more you're looking at that menu, the less you're getting fed what you need, yeah. you know, because there's there's tons of guys that are probably perfect for each other mm. in New York. But then there's, you know, Miss Thing down the street, and they're like, oh, but she has this, this, and this. You know what I mean? So there's this opportunity yeah. to be like, oh, well, this isn't working, so I'm going to go next door. Yeah. So for me, I... I was never like that. Like, I was always like, if I find what I like, that's what I like, and that's what I want. Um, So it was very hard for me to date in New York. And then when he came along, even when he came along, I was like, this is not going to work. He lives all the way in the other side of the country. Like, I've never been to Portland. I don't know anything about it. And, you know, and I remember when I first came here and we, like, went out to eat. Like, I was like, oh, my God, I love this place. Because it feels, it it does give that, like, small town vibe. But it also feels very young and very like up and coming, like yeah. very Brooklyn in a, in a in a mm-hmm. sense, um, you know. With and and it's just like, and you think as a New Yorker or a Los Angelino, like I could never live anywhere else, right? You know. And then you go to these places that are that are have vibrant LGBT communities um, and and vibrant allyship, mm-hmm. you know. And you're like, oh. Maybe everything I've been telling myself is wrong, yeah. you know, and I think with the political climate that we live in, sometimes it's really hard for 
for people like us in the community to think I could live in another place that might. But there's a reason that Portland is so vibrantly um, accepting of the LGBT. And it's not because, you know, a bunch of cis straight people were like, you know what, all of a sudden we're good with this. It's because we showed up and we said, we're going to plant ourselves here and you're going to see us. We're going to be here and it's going to, we're going to, it's going to change. So I think um, being here, it's like, oh, wow, we can populate the entire country and show people the love that we have to bring and, you know, and community that we have to bring. So it was nice coming here because I was like, I don't know if I could ever go to Portland and stay for more than a weekend. Yeah. And now I've been here for a month and I'm like, oh, I want to go. You know, <laughs> it's really nice. Yeah. Um, I, I what is the diversity like here? Because I, I have to say, I haven't seen that many people of color here mm-hmm. um, as as someone of color. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen that much of that. Yeah. So what is that like? What's the landscape here on on that Spectrum, is it growing to be a little bit more diverse? Because I, I had those same those very similar mm-hmm. thoughts. Like, coming from New York, I've been there for, like, now seven or eight years. Yeah. And whenever I travel, I remember going to Australia for the first time and just thinking, like, wow, this is really white. <laughs> and I don't know if I could live in that environment right. not having anyone that looks like myself. Yeah. Um, how is that here? Mm. I think, I mean, I had the same experience when I moved here. So I moved from living in Thailand, Mm -hmm. in rural Thailand, being the only white person Mm -hmm. and feeling very, um, like being the minority in Thailand. And I got used to that and I loved it. And I was, that was home for a year and a half. Mm. And then I moved and got a job in Portland. And that was the whole plan to come back to the U.S. And when I moved to Portland, I was like, wow, like reverse culture shock is very real. Yeah. And the di- the contrast of everyone looking now like me mm-hmm. was very weird for me because mm. I wasn't used to it for a year and a half. And then two, being in a place where everyone is similar mm. is a little bit off-putting. Yeah. Um, however, I'm glad you say that because I'm like, I'm always like floored <laughs> that people don't think that. Like, yeah. go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. Um, <laughs> And I think that if I hadn't lived in in Thailand before, that contrast wouldn't have been as big for me. Mm -hmm. But I think coming back to the U.S. and then living in a place like Portland and then that culture shock coming back here was like, wow, people really do complain all the time about the most basic things that Mm -hmm. that poor people in Thailand don't ever talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, However, I, I do feel like in the last seven years, diversity has increased a lot. And I think companies like Nike being here, Adidas being here, Intel being here, they and their headquarters are they're bringing diversity through their hiring. Um, And when you have big companies like that here, it does help kind of the pot of people is now not just people that are from Oregon, Mm -hmm. that grew up here, that went to U of O, that moved back to Portland and now have jobs here. So I think it's changed a lot. I think it's still there's a lot of room to grow for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, but I do feel like it's getting better. Yeah, I mean, uh, from the history I've looked at, like, you know, Portland's always been a majority uh, white, you know, city. So, um, you know, from looking that up and then being here and walking down the street, I'm like, oh, wow, there's not a lot of people of color here. And Mm -hmm. I think when you are from a place like New York City where there's every race and creed and, you know, socioeconomic, like, you know, standing there, um, and then you come here and, and, you know, just like a lot of other towns in, in the U.S., you're like, oh, wow, there's not a lot of 
people like me, like even when I moved from Miami, which is majority Hispanic people. Mm -hmm. So I, I never felt othered until I went to New York. And then I, I realized that like me, my, my, um, Hispanicness was a commodity or was something different was that was the first time I was able to appreciate where I came from. Because when I was in Miami, I'm like, I'm not like these people. You know, I've mm-hmm. always wanted to be different because, like, there was some kind of weird self-shame in being Hispanic coming from Miami. And that might be, like, you know, being bullied or, like, you know, my family. Like, I don't know what it was. But when I went to New York was the first time I was like, oh, yeah, that's what I am. I'm a Cuban-Dominican boy, you know. Mm. And then coming here, I remember we went to a wedding, and it was so, so funny because um, it was, I think, in another part of Oregon. But so like there was no people of color at the wedding Mm -hmm. and i i only noticed it because of where i where i've come from Mm -hmm. and i i remember saying to him i'm like oh my gosh just me and the cater waiter (laughs) and like you know and and i had to say something because it was like and it wasn't like i felt like oh my god what is this but i just noticed you notice Mm. um and so it's it, but it's interesting because everyone in, in Portland is so welcome. I've never felt like that racial tension that sometimes you feel in other cities, um, and everyone's always been w- really welcoming. So it's funny because I tell my friends, I'm like, we need some more, you know, flavor, and like, <laughs> you know, well, let's get a Cuban restaurant going up in here. And like, I told my sister, like, maybe you should move here, and your husband can work for Nike. And you know, I think that's how communities grow because you mm-hmm. know, there's always that, you know, that one kind of population that's there because New York wasn't always as diverse as it is but people have moved there you know and usually the coasts are a lot more diverse because they're closer to other countries Mm. Um, even though Oregon's kind of on the coast but it's closer to like you know anyway so but yeah I think (laughs) the same thing he was saying like I think it's growing and it's it's diversifying itself yeah and like you said I did notice that even day one of being here because I'm from the south I always like speak to people and I'm saying um I guess it's called Northwest or the West End. I don't know what mm-hmm. you call it. Um, and I've seen like a lot of people just walk in and I speak to people and people are very welcoming. Mm-hmm. It's like you you don't feel out of place. You don't feel... I I can sometimes go to somewhere in New York where people are like staring at me for whatever yeah. reason. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, you don't get that here. Mm-hmm. Everyone is just in a little workout clothes, yeah. going on about their business <laughs> with their dogs. <laughs> everyone is just living their best life. Um, it reminds me of L.A. in that way, mm-hmm. that everyone is just trying to get fit, trying yeah. to get it together. Yeah, I know. And when taking I, a dog for a walk. Being I mean, here in L.A., when people are so nice, I'm like, what? Is what is that about? What are you doing all that for? Because in New York, you're tr- you're like, if someone's nice, you're like, what are you trying to get out of me? But people are just nice here. Yeah, they They're really are nice. very friendly. Yeah. yeah. Um, Pride Month. What do you guys what What do you guys usually do for Pride Month? What is important to you guys? What does Pride mean to you? I know I just gave y'all like three to four questions, but. Um, for me, pride has always been, at first it was a scary thing because I remember growing up, it was like, the people that go to those things are, you know, heathens and <laughs> with their shirts off and sinful and da 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 And then you go to pride. I mean, I, I've walked in the parade in New York City twice mm-hmm. um, the, pa- the past two years, and it's just the most bright and diverse, like, 
you you see straight people, you see lesbians, you see trans people, you see everyone. Because a lot of times in New York, even if you are a part of the community, sometimes you stay in your little groups and your little clubs that only you guys go to when it's, a, you know, it doesn't feel like melded. So Pride for me always feels like a family reunion. And, you know, there there's all these different parties that you can go to and get messed up at and dance your heart out. And that's amazing. But what for me, what's so important about Pride is that you get to walk down these streets like Christopher Street in New York City and really be in the history of it where all these people that actually had to physically fight so that we could have this celebration and just being that it feels like you know like that feeling that people go to church and they're like oh I feel the spirit it, it you do you really feel the 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 fight and you really it's like a an appreciation day for where you are and where you can go and where you have been so for me pride is one it's a party it's a it's a time to reflect on um, everything that you've gone through personally and what you've gone through as a community. Um, and it's just a fun time. Mm -hmm. Like, I think a lot of people, if they actually went to Pride, you know, for, uh, apart from these images of, like, you know, men shirtless on floats and this, that, and the other, and they just, like, were to experience the energy, they'd realize how welcoming and how, how kind the community is. Mm -hmm. So for me, um, Pride is just a celebration of everything that we we get to um, experience and be a part of. Yeah, I think for me, it's it's about celebrating something that I wasn't able to celebrate for 26 years. So I think just being proud of who you are and celebrating that. And then also the two companies that I work for, uh, Nike and Burn Cycle, um, both have like floats in the parade. So it's also a time to celebrate like companies and, and who you work for coming out and celebrating you and feeling very supported. And I think I'm always so proud of Portland during Pride because you, you people go into their little homes and, like, Portland is so, um, like, oh, I live in Northeast or Southeast. Like, it's very quadrant-based mm. and, like, they have, everyone has their little vibe going on. And then Pride, and it's a gigantic pride for how small of Portland is as a city and just feeling embraced by the city and feeling welcomed and... Um, it's a really amazing experience. Or well, y'all doing anything special for Pride this year? So I'm teaching two Pride rides at Burn Cycle cool. on Saturday morning. I miss you. Okay, so I thought you taught on Wednesdays. I used to teach Okay, on well, I didn't know that. And then <laughs> yesterday, I was like, oh, I'm going to go to his site in his class. And I was like, why are you not there, though? <laughs> These are all women. What is yeah. going on? Yeah. Um, are you here Saturday? I'm not. I leave tonight mm -hmm. to go back to New York. Mm -hmm. I know. God, it's uh, yeah, it's next so, time. I'll okay. have to come back okay. for sure. For sure. Yeah. So yeah. teaching two rides, and then we actually are flying to Europe on Saturday night um, for two weeks. So we're missing the parade on Sunday, which is a bummer, but we have an opportunity to go travel mm -hmm. a bit of the world, so we leave Saturday. Yeah, it was so funny because we're like, for our one year, we should go to Europe, and then our one year just so happened to fall around Pride Month. Yeah. So... You know, at first I'm like, oh, we can't leave because Pride. I'm like, Pride happens every year, and I'm proud. <laughs> you know what? We're going to go to Europe and give them a you little... You better go give them a splash yeah, of Pride. American yeah. LGBT flair over there, you know. Um, and there's also Pride Month, uh, you know, all over the world. Yeah, so that's what I was going to say. You I might... think there's some things going on over there that we can maybe drop into, but... Yeah, I think we're there, like, the week before London Pride and the week after Paris Pride. So yeah. Yeah. And we're going to be in these places during their weeks of Pride, too. Yeah, so. and celebrating our yeah. love is a very pride-centric well, exactly. kind of thing Aww, to do. <laughs> which is why I'm glad I had you on today. Um, 
What else is I going to say? Hold on. Let me look at my notes. Yep. <laughs> I have my notes up here. Um, what advice? This is a very corny question, but I always like to, to ask this to people. What advice would you give to your younger selves before you came out? Um, based on the knowledge and stuff that you know now in becoming your authentic selves, what advice would that be? Mm. Uh, I would say don't <clears throat> doubt your own shine so much. Um, live live in your, you know, because I'm still the same person in terms of, like, what my dreams have been. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, being, I, I think I'd sh shut down the part of me that wanted to love uh, because I started dating and I was like, oh, I'm not looking for anything because I felt like that was, like, a safe thing to say. But being okay with wanting to be loved and be in love, um, I'm saying just lean into that. And also lean into the idea that you know more than what you give yourself credit for. Because I think, um, you know, especially as an LGBT person, when you first come out, you, you doubt everything. You don't know because you're, you're coming into this new growth. So I'd say just trust yourself a little more. Live in your gut and know that, uh, that you're not, that you, you have the tools. Um, and don't always seek out and go and seek within first. Yeah, I think if someone would have told me, like, it's it's going to be okay, like someone that I trusted, and I think that would have helped a lot only because growing up in a very religious home, there's so much guilt attached to literally everything, and that can be very paralyzing, even mm -hmm. in terms of what friends you choose and why you move to certain places and what job you take and... Um, let alone who you date or who you love. And so um, I think trying to separate, again, that guilt from who you are as a human and who you are as a person. And I think another huge thing I've learned is surround yourself self with people that actually love you for who you are um, and get rid of everyone else. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I think in the gay community specifically, it's so easy to like want friends because of the whatever, social status or who they are or what they look like or um, what that makes you look like. And mm. I feel like when I've boiled down my friends to, you know, four or five people that I would go to the end of the world and back for, those friends plus my family plus Johnny obviously is included in that. Like, that's who matters and then everyone else is a bonus, you know. Mm. But those are the people that you go to when you're in trouble. And, and if you if I look back over my 20s, it was like, bouncing around friendship groups with people that you felt like you had to try. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if you're having to try around your friends, like may not be the right group of friends. Right. Um, mm -hmm. So really finding those friends that are your family and that will do anything for you and really love you for who you are. Yeah. And I think also something I would say to my younger self is you're not a victim. You are, you are special in just exactly who you are. You don't need to fit into all these different molds that you're being given. Hold on to what makes you special. If you like to sing, if you like to swim, don't compartmentalize your life because you're trying to come into this new world. As an LGBTQ person, sometimes they don't give you, you don't get a rule book. So you just go along with the people that have already been there. But always hold on to what makes you special, what makes you unique. Because if you don't, somewhere down the line you're going to remember that person you're like oh my god this is this is exactly what happened to me i was like i'm going to be this i'm going to do this for everyone else and i was like but who am i you know i know i'm lgbt but what 
what about that makes me special? So I think saying so to, to my younger self, hold on to what makes you really special and always weave that into wherever you go. All right, boys, dropping gems in here today. Okay. Um, last but not least, um, tell us where... Oh, wait, I have one thing to say. Mm. So the Privy follows both you guys on Instagram, and I love how much you guys love Pose in my house. Yeah. My Most recently, I was like, God, I love how they are so obsessed with it because I'm obsessed with Pose yeah. at the moment. Well, um, It's such a great show, and it's such a... We are in such a time media-wise, and we, we talk mm-hmm. about it a lot on the podcast um, in terms of, like, media representation. And I think we forget so much as minorities um, how far we've actually came because mm-hmm. there is still so much work to do. Yep. But it's such a celebration of, like, culture right now on, like, TV mm-hmm. that it's just so amazing. And the show is just so good, the acting and yeah. just everything about it. So many elements in it. It's like I'm just obsessed with it. I'm so happy t- that you uh, say that because I will be on Pose starting this Sunday. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, but I, but I, well, which I love that you didn't know that because I was like. Oh, my God. I had no I'm idea. T- um, yeah, I uh, am I'm going to be on Pose. Okay. Can't say too much, but um, I'm a reoccurring character and I have a lot to do with Billy Porter um, in the show. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a super exciting show. It's a super time to be part of this community. So amazing. Especially because we come from a world where like we don't know where a lot of these <clears throat> sayings come from and the voguing scene and like I feel like we're relearning a history that a yeah. lot of times gets, you know, erased. shifted around yeah. and erased. So, um, Shows like My House, we were watching My House last night, and I was like, this is the real, real, and then Pose is what happened before. So it's like, you know, you're seeing the the prequel, and then the sequel, you know, the... Um so it's just nice to learn where like the death drop wasn't, which isn't actually the name, it's called a dip, like, <laughs> but you learn all these things yeah. from watching what 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 um these shows are giving so yeah it's a it's a great time to be one to be a part of a show like pose yeah. and then to to just be able to watch it because i haven't seen i knew nothing about the show except for the scenes i was in so i'm watching it with him and i'm like oh my god this is so cool i know uh, i never i never knew anything about like the houses and stuff mm-hmm. like that growing up in the south yeah. we would hear about like stuff like that but mm-hmm. we didn't actually know what it was about yeah. so that's what's so fa- fascinating was, even yeah. about like my house mm-hmm. i feel like it's very like reality and in mm-hmm. Teaches you a lot about like the culture of it, and yeah. pose is just good entertainment. Yeah. And just, oh, it's so good. It's I'm so obsessed. Fun. Yeah. So. Um, tell the listeners where they can find you guys on social media and where to. Hello, anyone? <laughs> anyone? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm mainly on Instagram um, at WemCycle. 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 Yeah. 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 Um, um, yeah. Guessing that's your initials. Uh, yeah, W E M, my initials, and then cycle as in spinning cycle. What's the E stand yeah. for? Uh, you shady. <laughs> what is it, though? I was wondering that. What, I thought he was going to say it, but. Uh, Elliot. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah. Elliot. Um, <laughs> and y'all can find me on Instagram as well, uh, Johnny Sibley, and then I will be. Uh, Next, I will be on Pose on Sunday. Get um, it. And going forward. And uh, I also have another film coming out soon. It's called Femme the Film. Uh, explores a lot of topics about, you know, femme shaming in the queer community and all that. So that's on the festival circuit. Uh, and, yeah, and you can see me uh, in, on Wem Cycles page as well. Getting, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Shout out to Ron Sessi, who was a friend of mine who recommended it, it was so crazy how this all came about. I reached out to Will mm-hmm. um, first 
off. And I originally had him and someone else yeah. scheduled, but the other person was out of town. And I was like, gosh, should I just have Will on? I was like, I kind of want a second person on. Yeah. And then my friend Ron was like, hey, I know this guy who's in, um, in Portland. He's real cool. I interact with him on the thing. And he shows it to me. And on yours, mm-hmm. it says partner with Will. And I was like, shut <laughs> up. Oh, my God. It's meant to be. And I was yeah. like, do I ask? How do I ask Will <laughs> yeah. to see if he wants to come on? I was like, I'll just do it in direct message yeah. to see if he wants to come on. <laughs> and it all worked out. I'm thank so you so happy. much. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Thank you guys so much for being on The Privy. Well, thank you yeah. for having us. And that is it. Be um, sure to check us out on The Privy Podcast on all social media outlets, um, as well as the website. And that is it. Signing out. And You'll hear from me next time in New York.